This morning I'm going to put up on the screen for you here uh, a psalm. And it comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 139. And this is verse 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very, very well. This week we're going to talk about reproduction. We're going to talk about how God has created uh, life in this world in such a manner, in such a, you know, not only emotionally and spiritually, but physically how we can reproduce. And that's part of the plan of God, you know, go forth and, and you know, fill the earth and, and reproduce. And, and we're going to talk about how God has orchestrated all of that and the way that God does these things. You know, if you look at the the idea of reproduction, uh, reproducing, uh, of birth, uh, we see that God has created different ways that this can take place. You know, I didn't really realize this before I started doing some research for this message today, but there are some animals that God has created that can reproduce all on their own. They don't, they, they don't need two people or two you know, individuals to come together in order to reproduce. The boa constrictor. Uh, the Kabodo dragon, uh, monitor lizards, and I'm sure there's some other ones too. But these can reproduce on their own. Uh, they're, they're both capable, or they are all capable, of becoming pregnant without any male fertilization. It, it's para, how do you say it? Paranogenesis. You know, I'm bad at pronouncing these things, but it's a, it's a term that describes how uh, under the right conditions uh, they can reproduce without male fertilization. You didn't know that you were coming to uh, a biology uh, lecture today, did you? But actually, when we look at the biology behind what God has created in human beings as far as being able to reproduce, it really is absolutely phenomenal. And it does show us the creativity and the power. And it describes this omnipotent God that just can do anything. So uh, let's kind of take a look. We all know that, you know, when it comes to a male, you know, there, there's a single sperm that actually penetrates a single egg to start the whole process off. All right, this is nothing new, and I think most of us realize that. Um, you know, if there's any kids out there that are kind of gleaning on this this morning, mom and dad, you might have to do a little explaining. Uh, but in the situation where an egg is fertilized, uh, there are generally about 100 million different sperm there. And they're all vying for the same thing. They all want to reach the egg, and they all want to, you know, penetrate the egg and to fertilize it. You know, one of the questions that I that I come up with when I think about this concept is, what gives them all this drive to search out this egg and to penetrate? I mean, where'd that come from? I mean, somebody, something must be orchestrating this. But that's exactly their purpose, and that's the way that they, um, you know, when they're introduced, that's the way they go. They swim, and they search out this egg, and they do their absolute best to penetrate it. Well, if you look at a sperm, 
Inside of it are about 50% of the DNA tracks of the father. You know, not all of the DNA is represented in there. Uh, it varies from sperm to sperm. And when you think about it, if God really has orchestrated things so that he knows us or knew us long before our conception, as he tells us in Scripture, as he says, I've got a plan and a purpose for you, and the Scripture tells us that I knew you before anything was ever formed, before human life ever came into existence, if that's the case, then God has to have orchestrated the DNA uh, the trends and the trains of DNA throughout the eons, throughout the generations, in order to end up with the correct DNA in the sperm that penetrates the egg to form you or to form me. There's only one. It wasn't a random thing because all of the other sperm in there don't have the same genetic codes as what you and I have today being born into the world. So when you think about it, you know, God had to orchestrate down the eons, you know, which parents were going to get together, what, what the genetic codes were going to be, as he looks forward and plans forward for the creation of, say, you or I. It, it's absolutely mind-blowing when you think about the odds of how that could have happened without any, you know, without any guidance or influence by God or it's just, it's impossible. I mean, there's a hundred million little guys in there swimming around and yet the right one with the right DNA code in the right order. I mean, you might find a sperm that has, you know, particular DNA code and it's replicated by another one, but they're in different orders. When you consider the differences and that it boils down to this one, it's absolutely phenomenal that God orchestrates it so that that one sperm can find the right egg at the right moment in time. It just didn't happen by accident. Well, let's talk a little bit about eggs. Okay? Well, this is another interesting part of the way God is created. I find this one fascinating also, is when a fetus is under development inside a mother's womb, um, part of that creation are eggs. And during that fetus's developmental period inside the mother, uh, there will be about six to seven million different eggs that will be uh, formed and generated in that whole process. But then they immediately start to die off. And from the time, or at the time when the fetus is fully developed and, and at birth, there's generally about one million eggs in the baby. So it goes from a, a status of about six to seven million uh, during that nine-month period down to about one, 100, or I'm sorry, one million. Okay, so it's, it's changing, it's dying off, and God oversees that. And just like sperm, those eggs have about 50% of the DNA code uh, from the mother. And again, it's not all the same from egg to egg. It's not all in the same order when you look at the, you know, the DNA coding. Uh, there are so many different variations and so many different 
possibilities there. So the baby is born with about a million eggs, but over its lifetime, as it starts to mature, uh, by the time that child reaches puberty, there will only be about 300,000 eggs left out of the six to seven million that it started off with. So you can see that there's this narrowing down process and God is narrowing things down, but also controlling things uh, so that the right egg with the right DNA code is available for the right sperm at the right time. Well, as a female, you know, becomes an adult and ovulation takes place, there's only about 300 eggs that will end up being ovulated during her, um, you know, reproductive lifetime. So once again, we see it being narrowed down even further from the six to seven million down to about, here's the 300 that are going to make it. Okay. And out of that 300, you know, for you and I to be created, for you and I, the exact person that God has always ordained would be created, he has to control that one egg also so that it's ovulated at the right time, so that it didn't die during the process, so that it's there, you know, exactly when it needs to be there. You know, again, the right odds, the right timing, uh, the right conditions, uh, this aspect of looking at our human nature and our reproductive abilities, it really says volumes about who God is in the omnipotence of who God is and how God controls all of human history. Now, yes, he does give each and every one of us free will, you know, and that's a whole nother topic right there. But God knows the, the past, he knows today, he knows the future, and he knows what decisions we're gonna make. He knows how our free will will be used. He understands completely all of the different circumstances that all of us will face. And he orchestrates all these things to make sure that we have free will and we can exercise that free will. But at the same time, he's also keeping things aligned just like he wants them so that this person you know, that he knows he's going to, you know, have created here, let's say nine months from now, that the right two things came together. It's, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I want to share with you an example. Everybody knows what these are, right? Let me get right there. We go. Well, M&Ms, they come in all different colors and they sure are nice and you know, they're good to eat. We all love M&M's. Who doesn't like chocolate, right? Especially on Valentine's Day. Well, they're all different colors, you know, and there's a bunch of them in there. So if I take these M&M's and I dump them into a bowl and I shake them up, well, this could represent, you know, the different sperm and, and all of those. And it's just kind of in there. You know, there's a whole bunch. Now, I know this is kind of a silly demonstration, but that's okay. Well, everybody likes Skittles too, right? So I bought a little bag of Skittles, and you can't really see these, but there's two pink Skittles here. So if one of these pink Skittles represents the mother's egg, the right egg at the right time, and the other pink Skittle represents the right sperm at the right time, and I put them into this bowl... And we mix it all up. 
what are the odds what are the odds that the right sperm and the right egg the two pink ones are next to each other inside this bowl I mean again if you start calculating the different levels the different possibilities for the way that these M&Ms can be organized and all it really demonstrates that it's not happening randomly I mean if those two you know skittles are going to come together and and sit in this bowl next to each other just be next to each other you know the odds of that happening on its own are phenomenal and that's the way God works in our life especially in our physical lives it's God creates and God he, he allows us to be free but at the same time he also lets his will be accomplished and he does that by making sure that the two pink skittles end up next to each other it doesn't happen by you know joe reaching in there and or just shaking the bowl and you know they automatically attract to each other it just doesn't happen that way there's no way in the world so i want you to remember today and throughout the rest of this week uh, a couple of things that yes you are fearfully and wonderfully made and if you consider what God has to do in order to create each person, you know, through the generations, making sure that everything lines up just correctly and at the right moment you have the right mix of DNA and all that, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about. I want you to consider that this week, you know, especially as we start the season of Lent. And it's, it's just another way for us to understand uh, this love and this this purpose that God has for each one of us. I want you to also think about, you know, this bowl. And every time you see an M&M this week where you go to the store and get some, I want you to remember that if it had two pink Skittles in it, what are the odds that they could randomly come together and kind of sit next to each other in the bowl? You know, it's possible, but it certainly is not anywhere near probable. So, that's what I want you to walk away with today, is a little bit different understanding of the way God creates and provides for each one of us. So, I want to thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next week. Happy Valentine's Day. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.